0: Welcome to the Three Wise Men of Divorce, Money, Psych, and Law Podcast. Sit down with the California divorce experts, financial divorce consultant Mark Hill, psychologist Scott Weiner, and attorney Sean Weber for a frank and casual conversation about divorce, separation, co-parenting, and the difficult decisions real people like you face during these tough times. We know that if you are looking at divorce or separation, it can be scary and overwhelming. With combined experience of over 70 years in divorce and conflict management, we are here for you and look forward to helping by sharing our unique ideas, thoughts, and perspectives on divorce, separation, and co-parenting. You know, I've heard the saying that hell hath no fury like a woman scorned.
1: And I felt so outraged when I heard that because I get really angry when I'm scorned, too.
2: (laughs) And we've all seen a scorned guy in our practices, haven't
1: we? (laughs) We have.
0: We have. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I got a couple of those. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sometimes there's people that get upset by why the other person is leaving the relationship. Well, there's that. We've seen the scorn
1: that keeps on giving, too. I mean, we've seen the scorn that just won't end even though the relationship is over. So what about this? What are we going to do?
2: One of the worst things we see or like I see in my practice is people trying to take financial revenge for the person they see as culpable for the end of the relationship.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and personal revenge, like uh, want to tell the kids that what this person did to destroy the marriage, and so and the friends
2: and the family, and
0: sure, sure, sure. I think most of the jurisdictions in the Western world today, there are a few jurisdictions where that's not the case, but most of them have no fault divorce or some version of that. That's certainly the case in California. Where let's tell, let's tell the folks exactly what that is. Sean. That means if one of you wants a
2: divorce, it's going to happen.
0: Right. You don't have to ask permission. Well, it's interesting when this really went through and, and I studied this in law school with great interest in my family law course. Um, as a third year law student. Um, so, you know, I checked the legislative minutes for the time when Ronald Reagan was the governor of California. That's when no fault divorce happened here. And the intent was to make it harder to get divorced because we were going to talk about irreconcilable differences. There had to be irreconcilable differences in order to get a divorce, not just reconcilable differences like adultery, <laughs> you know, it had to be irreconcilable. And so the idea being well, what is an irreconcilable difference? But, you know, the way that it's been interpreted by the uh, by the courts is basically you can get a divorce no matter what. No matter what the reason we just, you know, I don't want to be married to you. That's irreconcilable. Well, will counseling help? No. Okay. well, then we're going to get a divorce, you know, And, and even nowadays, even if counseling might help, it doesn't matter. You want a divorce, you're going to get a divorce. And so we get people now and then that want to say, "Well, I'm not going to grant her a divorce." yes, I've had that. He and wants one, but I'm just not going to give him one, yeah, and that's just not how it works, you know no, it, it, yeah, they don't know that, but we don't you know, historically, they, and they don't know that right yeah yep. no. but but you know you're, you're sorry, sir, your wife does not need your permission to get a divorce, yep. It's not like, uh, and it's also not like in um, some of the Arabic countries where they used to have a thing where if you would send a text message three times, this was the rule, I think it was in Uzbekistan, I want to say, or Azerbaijan, one of those stands. And it, and it was, um, uh, you just send a text message, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you, and that's good enough.
1: Well, yeah. Steve Martin actually covered that with <laughs> a brick with thee. I break with thee, I break with thee. And then you throw a little dog of poop on her shoes. <laughs> yes. So yes,
0: That's that's a very legal. I had a situ- I did a divorce
2: for a couple from Iran, and um, she'd been born and raised here of Iranian descent. He was actually from Iran. When we were going through the, the situation, he said the biggest mistake I made was not divorcing her in Tehran, because not only would... Mm. My family have disowned her. Her family would have had to disown her too.
0: So other interesting thing is we learned about this thing called a covenant marriage. Have you heard of that?
2: You know, this is uh, a recent development for me.
0: This is fairly new. I remember they were talking about it some 20 years ago. It's in three states now, Um, Arizona, Arkansas, and Louisiana, uh, as far as I know, I'm sure I'm going to get letters now. I missed a state, um, but it was pushed by Christian conservatives who disagreed with the you know the kind of modern trend towards no fault divorce. And so, in order to have a covenant marriage, the couple has to go to you know premarital counseling and and sign a document called a declaration of intent, and then that declaration you in that document. You promise to disclose anything you believe may jeopardize your marriage relationship and you'll preserve your marriage if problems arise. You promise to do that. And then in exchange for that, you don't get fault or you don't get the no fault option anymore for your divorce. You have to show either adultery, domestic violence, or finality that results or felony that results in jail time. So I guess any just run of the mill felony that doesn't get you in jail, that's not good enough. (laughs) <laughs> it's gotta be jail time. God, we're serious here.
1: Well, you know, for all of these, for all of anybody who might be listening to us, I think this all devolves down to a more general topic, which is what about when there is and what about when there isn't any kind of fault and in your relationship. And yet, the divorce is either imminent coming your way, or you really feel a need to start anew. What? How do? How do
0: we deal with that? Well, you know, I I think one of the most important things to recognize is there might darn well be some fault on a moral level, and and that's okay to 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 see that. But I think there's also this thing. I mean, Scott, you could probably speak better to this. These bad things that happen that end a divorce, um. They rarely happen in a vacuum.
1: Yes. Yes, there's often a almost relational transactional element in it. I mean, you know, every time, for instance, that I am rude to my wife, it was always caused by something she did. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. It's do we problem. understand this now? Yes. Are, are we beginning, From are we beginning I, to understand how this works? Yeah. And I, then what I, she did to you was had, your fault.
2: I know I had 10 affairs, but I wasn't being loved properly at home.
1: That's that was, right. That's right.
0: She That's was right. cold. And... Oh. But, you guys, so what, but you guys, what happens. I want is,
1: you to know that for whatever extent I can forgive you, I so <laughs>
2: do. <laughs> but, but what happens is people have this concept often entering into the divorce process where they think, I am the wronged party. I will benefit if everyone understands and buys into my concept that I am the wrong party. I will do better financially. I will do better in terms of how I am perceived by the community, my family. And that I've found to be counterproductive in trying to reach a solution that lets both people go on with their lives, especially if there are children.
1: I got to ask Sean something as the uh, the um, the serious family lawyer in the picture here. Sean, to yes, what sir. extent historically
0: did that used to be true? Did what used to be true? That,
1: that um... if, let's say... Um, Let's say my wife came to her senses and started having an, having affairs on me or something like that. And, and, and I decided to divorce her because, you know, cause, cause it hurt my pride so much, which actually probably, yeah. Anyway, would I benefit in like 25 years ago in the divorce procedure or in the final judgment or in
0: the uh, settlement agreement? so you're show, you're showing your age try forty years ago <laughs> number one <laughs> but yes you would there, there would be a benefit to you how much um, it, it 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 could it could be in terms of of division of the estate it could be in terms of whether there's alimony or not um it, now in some states like um I know a person that was divorced in New Hampshire. And uh, the opposing party kept trying to bring in fault and was like willing to make up things like domestic violence and yes things like that in order to get an, an advantage in the settlement. And so there's some states where you can bring in like partial fault. I see. All right. But it, it does give you an advantage. I mean, the, the person that commits the wrong is is in some way or form punished. But what ended up happening, like, you know, in, in the old days, what you would have happen is, is PIs would – be hired to mm-hmm. set somebody up so that there could be fault. And somebody would agree, okay, I'll be at fault. So, well, let's hire a prostitute. I'll go, I'll be seen coming out of this hotel room and we'll call that my adultery so we can finally get out of this marriage that none of, neither one of us really want to be in. Because the problem with no fault versus fault is you had to show grounds. You had to show a reason mm. for why there had to be a divorce. And those reasons varied from state to state. You know, sometimes it's things like they... alienation. You know, like like lack of affection or abandonment. Or uh, uh, adultery was a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you went to Las Vegas. Well, what's what happens in Vegas stays in
2: Vegas. <laughs> except, except except the the, the wedding vows, <laughs>
0: except for the wedding vows. <laughs>
2: yeah, they get left behind if you go there. But people used to go to Reno all the time to get divorces because it was quick and easy, and yeah. they didn't have to deal with their local state
0: rules. Right. The, yeah uh, yeah, I mean weird stuff like that did happen, uh, and so, but now I mean, with no fault, yeah, you you can be a real jerk and cause the divorce. But there won't be a um, legal benefit to the other party. Now, where fault is kind of creeping back in, and I think actually in a positive way, is if you commit domestic violence against your spouse, and then you are imprisoned because of that domestic violence, your spouse does not have to pay you spousal support because of your inability to earn. They actually passed a, a piece of the family code in California to say that to protect people that were battered. If you so, if you and also if you commit domestic violence, that can have an impact on what the alimony payments should be.
1: So anyway, we've got this situation now. You say fault is creeping back in in the DV situation. Um, what about the individual who comes to one of us? And is, I mean, I get this all the time mediating where, it, it, you know, that the, there will sort of be this nod in my direction from one person or another, sort of confirming or affirming to me, well, this other person really does do this. You know, this person is doing this. And it would be like her or like him to hide this or that when the disclosures, for instance, are already in. And it would be like it's, almost to get advantage, even in a mediating process. And now I will say psychologically, and everybody who's ever been to court has seen this, that somebody who is psychologically more difficult really does make it harder for a judge to be completely impartial. It's not that they won't change their rulings, but they'll say it in a crankier way to the crankier litigant or the crankier attorney for sure.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, having sat as a judge before as a privately compensated temporary judge, I've had cases where you do get angry at people. Mm -hmm. Yep, And it's very hard for you to not want to throw a book at them, so to say.
2: So, but what happens in our process, alternative dispute resolution, when we have folks coming in and one is, you know, wronged and we can see, yes, you know he did have the affair okay there's no question about it everyone agrees it happened and yet the other party is saying um i want to exact revenge through this process because i am so hurt and the marriage was destroyed by this yeah. behavior
0: he, he needs to do the right thing
2: right and the right thing is to be punished <laughs>
0: Well, well no, yeah, the right I mean, thing the right thing is to let the
1: settlement go greatly in the other person's favor. That's correct, the right thing. Correct. Right. So
0: I mean, I had one a couple of years ago where it was the most one-sided deal I've ever seen and she maintained control of all of his assets. Uh, he gave her his pension and she would she would pay him stuff when she felt like it was appropriate to pay him things. Uh, and I sent him I sent him to an attorney. I was the mediator and I said, "Look, when I write this marital settlement agreement, the way you've instructed me to write it, I want you to know I'm very good and this will stick. Do you really want that? Yes, that's what I need to do. It's what I need to do. So I sent him to his you know, attorney <laughs> and, and she's freaking out because it's very one-sided. And, um, he, That's what he wanted to do. And so he, he yeah. agreed to a very one-sided deal. And But what makes me afraid about these things is that guilt wears off. So that was his penance, you are saying? That was his penance. But I'm worried like a year later, I'm going to get the email. Why did you prepare this agreement? And I'm like, I told you. I put it in writing in several different places. I put it in writing in the agreement. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when people are feeling guilty or feeling angry, um, they don't think things through clearly.
1: Could a person write in a reversibility phrase of some kind for those
0: circumstances? I I mean, I would have liked to, but... They didn't let me. I get it.
2: I I had a situation where a fellow had had an affair for over 20 years uh, in the marriage. There were adult children. And he told me, he goes, I'm going to give the wife the house, all the equity in it. It's the only way I can get my children back.
1: Oh, that's transactional.
0: That's yes. Transactional.
2: So so again, I did all the CYA letters in the world and, and he did it, you know, and his attitude was it's only money. I'll, I can always make more of that.
0: Nothing yeah. wrong with that. that that's, a, that's a rational choice. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I had a case similar to that. He gave her the house because uh, she was caring for their adult son that had some special needs. And uh, it wasn't special enough where there would be adult child support. And so he said, "Well, I'm just going. This is what she'll need, and I know I could probably get half the house, and I'm giving up a lot here, but I want her to have this." Yeah,
2: So I and that a is actually, me. and that actually is really a pleasure when it happens. Yeah, is for actually, us because it's something that would never happen in court, and it's something yep. that works for their family. And even though they're getting a divorce, if they have children, they're still going to be a family in some some form. All uh,
0: right. well, and then you have these cases where they come into mediation. And I had one where she looked like she'd swallowed a lemon the entire time. You know, she, her mouth was pursed and she was angry and she kept talking about the mistress. It was always the mistress. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and he had the excuses, Scott, like what you were talking about. Um, well, you know, you drove me to this. If you didn't, wouldn't have been such a cold and mean and heartless wife, I wouldn't have had this affair. And She was hearing none of it, you know, but there was finally a point in the negotiation where I just said to him, you know what? I'm going to take you aside and I'm just going to read you the riot act in front of her. I'm basically going to rip you a new one. And I'm going to, it's going to be from her perspective, what you did to this marriage. Are you okay if I do that? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. And so I did, I just ripped into him totally from her perspective. And, and, you know, it was kind of hard for him to hear, but then when it was over, she was a different person
2: Mm -hmm.
0: because, she had been able to hear someone else articulate in a way that was better than what she was articulating because this person that was articulating, it wasn't so wrapped up in the emotions. Um, And and also
2: you were acknowledging her feelings in a way that he
0: had not, you know? And I told her, I said, look, there's nothing we can do about this. It's not like we can punish him unless he agrees to it, but maybe it will help you to hear And for him to really hear it, how you feel, yes, I need that. And it helped her. And then they reached a settlement, you know? And I've had a couple of cases like that. I call that passing a stone. (laughs) Like as in a kidney stone? Yeah. It's like there are
1: times when you just got to do that thing. Yeah. Well, I mean... Sean, you are a fairly remarkable therapist, lawyer. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not a therapist, but I play one on Zoom. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been in meetings with you. I've been in meetings with you. Um. So, so we remain in this no man's land, if you were, and no woman's land of what do we do? Is there a way to discuss even generally how how can we manage? actual fault when the law isn't interested, you know, how can we do that? I think you just described a way, one way is to, you know, to, to put fault in it, into its own category of, you know, the feelings that live there and get them out there expressed and in a way So that we can at least set it aside long enough to make a rational decision about how to manage the property and the things going forward so these people can have decent lives financially in their futures. But the flip side of that is, you know, when people are claiming fault almost falsely in some hope that that will either guilt the other person into whatever or more times in my experience ignoring their own contributions you
0: know yeah i was gonna say i mean how many times you <laughs> ever seen? A case, negligence <laughs> right have you ever seen a case where one one party was completely innocent and the other party was a complete horse's hind end it's Snow usually White a mix
2: seldom marries jack the ripper right <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes or
0: or water <laughs> seeks its own level yeah or mother Teresa know. doesn't marry hitler
2: um, I and i and what do you do about the person that wants their day in court? Because if they can just tell their story in front of a judge, they know the judge will side with them and punish this other person. Well, and well, despite the right. fact you've told
1: him there is no fault. You know? That's what Sean did. That's what Sean did. Sean gave that lady her moment in court, you know?
0: Right. By, to an extent, by, you know, but, but the other time, you know, guy. I, I have a lot of people, if I could just get in front of a court and t- tell this judge what she's, you know, she's done to me or what he's done to me. Um, then they'll see it my way. There's Mm -hmm. no way a judge is going to, whatever. And the answer is that's not true. There is a way and they do it all the time. And they can't look at your fault. They can't look at who was bad and who was good.
2: And they have 20 cases just before you and 20 cases behind you. And you're just another couple who can't agree how to divide the furniture who used to be able to make babies together. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and most of these family law judges there's a few family law judges that like family law and we wonder about them we a very few them. but there's there's most of them are just there to punch their card and they hate family law and the reason they hate family law is because of people like you coming into court thinking that you're going to get your day in court <laughs> yeah. that's what it is they really are frustrated by it and they really hate it and they really don't care about your problems really honestly they don't care
1: yeah well yep. I mean, in a way, I want to stick up for those judges because it's not their job to care about your problems. It is their job to resolve the legal problem that is presented to them. That's better said than what I said. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, I mean, have we ever heard of people's dockets being a bit behind?
0: (laughs) Come on. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the problem. I mean that's so, one of the advantages over over court because when you go to court like a simple uh, you know motion for spousal support that's 20 minutes you know yeah. and you're trying to boil down your whole purpose of marriage and your relationship and all of this stuff into a 20 minute court proceeding that's so interesting you know that that yeah
1: yeah so so really what Mark was saying about people wanting their day in court, it isn't just I mean, this it's like this is the final resolution of all of these years of this, that and the other. And God, is it going to go out with such a whimper, 20
0: minute whimper? Yeah, Well, and it's, it's so anticlimactic, too. When people come in, and they sign their papers for their divorce. And it, it actually, it's it's kind of a psychological letdown for a lot of people because it's been all of this stuff, all this fight, and the, just to get to a place where we just, we meet in this impersonal conference room and sign some papers. And
2: I, I did a case years ago. It was a collaborative case, full team, uh, fairly prominent family. And um, after it was over, wife invited the whole team out to dinner with husband uh, <laughs> and as, as she had on the table in the middle of the table, a divorce cake. It was a multi-tiered cake with a figures of man and woman at the top where the wife had decapitated the husband and was <laughs> holding his head in her hand as, as raspberry sauce dripped down the side. Husband walks in and he's the last to arrive, looks at it and he goes, well, there it is. All the hostilities out there on the table. Now we can have a nice dinner.
0: and we did i bet you did yeah yeah those divorce cakes or something yeah wow yeah people have divorce parties where they invite their friends and simulate (laughs) murdering their spouse on their cake (laughs) (laughs) whatever works for you but you know i've also seen divorce um ceremonies Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and some of them cheesier than others and some of them pretty cool like i saw one where you know you light the candle when they get married and you know, you you take the two candles and you light one. Well, this time they, they take the one candle, they light two candles and they blow out the one in the middle. (laughs) And then I, I also saw one where, um, people actually hired a, a spiritual advisor to come in. And these were a little on the new agey side, you know, and, uh, they had this spiritual reckoning with, one that looked into each other's eyes and said some divorce vows. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah. And 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 you know, everybody is different and some people don't want to be part of anything like that, but having some kind of a way to mark the day or mark the end is a lot You're for right, closure. Right, because I
2: think it, it it is anticlimactic to a large degree. Yeah, um, uh, because th- if you think about the antithesis, of it, which is the wedding and all that leads up to it. And good Lord, you know, <laughs> especially yeah. when you have a big reception, um, it, it's it's like, well, we have this huge event at the start. And then we just sort of sneak away and get divorced and we don't tell anybody and no one's there.
0: You know? Well, I, I had this, uh, you know, it happens so quick when you do it at court, when they read in status. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you go to court and you read status. And most of the time we do marital settlement agreements, but sometimes you go to court and you read it in. And the judge asks, okay, is there reconcilable differences? Date of marriage? Okay. Would counseling help? No. All right, we're done. I pronounce you divorced. And that's it. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> else happens. I, I didn't get to say what I wanted well, to exactly. say. Well, <laughs> exactly. And I, I thought I was going to get to, I had this one person thought they were going to get, be able to give a speech. Oh. Like, no, you don't get to give a speech. It's over. You
1: know,
0: and and they don't know what to do. Because go it's have so a speech the hall,
1: maybe
0: <laughs> well and i said that to this person so if you guys want she doesn't really want to hear from you <laughs> but if you want to try to say something out in the hallway Here we can, can maybe arrange that and then well, she cha- didn't want to and then she didn't want to talk to him so he chased her down the stairs well he wanted to or i had one lady chasing a guy through the parking lot hmm. you know, let's just say his name was jim and she was like jim jim and chasing him down the through the parking lot of the courthouse <laughs> because she wanted to say something to him he didn't want part of her. want a divorce. So sometimes these things are really hard to do. But if you can figure out a way, even if it's a private kind of a moment to maybe write in your journal or you go for a walk on a beach or you...
2: I I think what you're highlighting here is that there is an emotional component to this. It's not just legal and financial. And the more that can be addressed during the process... It won't feel like it's so sudden because as we all know, everybody is in a different position. It's seldom they both want the divorce the same at the same time by the same amount
0: (laughs) or for the same reasons. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times they blame each other and they're both have valid points. Yeah. You know, but mediation is a unique place where, you know, the judge won't give you that time, but in mediation, you can express a lot.
2: And you can bring in someone like Scott who can Mm -hmm. help you express it in a way that your spouse can hear you probably for the first time in years. Because how often do we see somebody trying to tell somebody something that's really important to them and they don't get off, you know, first base because they've had this fight for 25 years, you know.
0: Well, a lot of times as mediators, we're playing the role of translator. Sure.
2: You know, they've been
0: having the same fight, never hearing each other for 35 years. And then what happens in mediation is you just say it in a different way from a different perspective so that they can finally hear it. I mean, I'm sure you do this in marriage counseling, don't you, Scott? You kind of help the time. them hear the time. each other and see each other. Sure. Sure. I, I I'm, I'm more struck
1: as I'm hearing, I'm listening to you guys to our, you know, I mean, I've been doing marriage therapy for 40 years, but I am not as experienced in the collaborative world as you guys are i'm not i haven't done as many cases by any means anywhere close to what you guys have done but, but i've you're done awfully
0: some. good at it
1: well whatever but where i'm going with this is how <laughs> struck i am at the times when even with the whole team oh, we are basically we are you know making it we've, we've given them a such a, a good shot at You know, a more reasonable (laughs) resolution where their loyalty, where one person's loyalty to the fight is so profound. Now, they want to be in collaborative. They don't want to spend, you know, um, one third of their estate in a battle. I mean, collaborative is expensive, too, compared to simple mediation, but it's like nothing
2: compared to a real court battle. And it doesn't no, take it, years of your life necessarily. Right,
1: right. But it's, um, I, I am struck by the times when it was absolutely beyond my and your respective powers to get people to, um, to not, I mean, even to the extent of acting out in the room and, you know, just yeah. acting out the old battles yeah. and it's like, and it got you know uh, sometimes the other side would even demand that the concessions excessive excessive concessions be written into the agreements. As Sean was discussing earlier, we had we've had that go on. Sometimes even with all of that benefit and all of that opportunity and profound invitation, people will not stop the fight.
0: And it it really hurts the people that are doing the fighting. It hurts yeah. them. It hurts the kids. Yep. What's that and saying? Like, Holding a grudge is like uh, drinking poison yeah. and hoping for the other person to die. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well. Yeah, and it, it does. It, does it hurts the children. And that's what really is tragic for me is when you see people absolutely
2: and the destroy children, their kids. I mean, we will get, irrespective of the process you use, you will come up with a financial settlement. There will be a, a support payment if if it's warranted. Um, And what's left? The only thing, the only contact between you where there's something you can disagree about is the children. And, you know, send them with messages to the other spouse. Make them deliver your vitriol, you know, as they go for the weekend. Or you
0: didn't get your day in court with the judge, but you're going to get your day in court with the children. Exactly. Make sure the children know the story. Yep. And that's really damaging. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, I don't, what do you think, Scott? I I think it's all that kids need to know is they got two parents that love them. Do they need to know the details of the adultery? Oh,
1: no. I mean, I spend a good portion of my life in business because of those little messages that got sent back and forth. Don't tell people not to do that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm destroying your future. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Of of kids (laughs) whose parents destroyed them, right?
1: I have a huge business interest here.
0: (laughs) I think that's no, actually it's, a really valid point. You want to you want to continue this fight, and make sure you save some money for the therapy bills.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, make sure. It's like, you know, and you know, young men, young women uh, confused even more than all the rest of us in their relationships um, because vindictiveness has been their bread and butter in their homes and, you know, the, uh, you know, men being smarmy and just nasty to their women and women being just awful to their men, you know? Yeah.
2: That's the pattern that the child learns as normal.
1: Well, it's almost, um, yes, yes. It's the pattern, but it's almost the, um, I see it transmitted most directly as a form of rhetoric. It's how they speak. It's, it's the words in their heads. It's their script. Mm. Well, she's a, this, he's a, that it's like, well, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, that, that. The will to sort of calmly and patiently get, be curious and try to understand the other person who at least conventionally typically is, you know, an other gender from us and comes from a certainly from a different family a different universe. It's like, Uh, oh, she's just this, or he's just that. Oh my God. She's always that. He's always those sort of diminishing structures of communication. You're just a, he's just a,
2: you know. So what you're talking about is people talking in absolutes about the other person. You always, you never. And those extremes are what we try to sort of get at least if we if we have those issues i will try to get people to qualify them well is there anything she really did well in the marriage well she was a really good cook great have you ever told her that yeah i tell her all the time you know what you might want to tell her again that you've really appreciated all the meals she cooked for you over the years you know or,
0: or you can just help them reframe it you know he never cleans the dishes. He leaves the house a pig sty and the kids are, they're always in that horrible mess and you can reframe it. So you're just concerned about cleanliness in the home <laughs> where you take the, you take the bite out of it right, and make it a yeah. neutral statement. You're concerned yeah. about cleanliness.
1: Well, some of the people that are like the ones that I was alluding to earlier, they wouldn't fall for that for a moment. No, that's not it. I'm very relaxed about that. I'm talking about
2: him. He's a degenerate. Don't you get it? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, (laughs) yeah. Really? Obviously,
1: you're not listening to me and understanding (laughs) what I'm saying about him. I'd
0: appreciate it if you'd pay more attention to what I'm saying. We're always training people to learn to let go, aren't we? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And it can be hard, especially if someone feels wronged. That's well, hard to let go, especially
0: when that wrong is legitimate. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, yeah you
0: yeah. know, but dang it, that sucks. Yep. That really was. It, it really
2: does. It really does. Yeah. But you know what? It's going to happen, yeah. and and it's going to happen. And you, I think that forgiveness benefits the forgiver more than the forgiven. I think and that's that, true. And I've been in that situation, and was very reluctant, and it took me time. But after I did it, I felt it was gone, mm-hmm. you know, and as you say, hanging on to the poison doesn't do the system good.
0: It's like a right. weight is right. lifted. And in most yeah. religious traditions, when, when you hear about forgiveness, it's that kind yeah. of concept, whether it's Christianity yes. or Buddhism or you name it. Yeah. This concept of just letting go of the burden is a real spiritual plus.
2: Yes, But that's hard when you're in the moment and you're in the middle sure. of a negotiation for the biggest financial transaction of your life and where your children are going to sleep.
0: Because it's like a burr in the saddle. You know, yeah. it's just always going to be there until yeah. it's not. And learning to ignore that burr in the saddle, sometimes it's a, it takes a skill. Yep.
1: I want to talk about a, a slight problem in that universe, which is when, when a, a parent really believes that um, there is a protective um, element of their of their issue there that you know is mm, it's it's like yeah you, you can't just let go when you really think he's going to do this again and you know we deal with we deal with problems like that somewhat frequently too we have to set agreements that set limits with people but by and large yes yeah
0: well anyway. Where are we, we here? We've done it again. We've mm. burned through another half hour plus of people's time talking. These about people will else. never
1: forgive themselves for having spent this time this way. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> no, but they'll forgive their spouse, maybe. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe not. Mm. Well,
2: to do sometimes, but again, you are the one that will benefit if you can find your way clear to do it.
0: And that's truly. so true. and 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 yeah. people, we've seen this. We've seen this go really well and we've seen it go really badly and uh, there is a way forward where it's better
2: yeah and we'd like to help and if we if you need some legal advice how would they contact uh, counselor weber
0: well for any dispute that you have um, you can go to weberdisputeresolution.com weberdisputeresolution.com we can we connect you with the person that can resolve your dispute and uh, Mark, what if they need some some uh, a divorce financial consultant?
2: Go to my company website, Pacific Divorce Management. www.pacdivorce.com. Pacdivorce.com. Easy to contact me through there.
0: And Scott, if they uh, they need to work through some uh, struggles they're having with letting go, who would they call? Well, they would call um they would call me i actually answer my own phone
1: i am at i am scott weiner i am jd phd i am at 619-417-5743
0: thanks for listening to another episode of the three Wisemen men of divorce money psych and law if you like what you heard Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and share with others who may be in a similar place. Until next time, stay safe, healthy, and focused on a positive, bright future. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Every family law case is unique, so no legal, financial, or mental health advice is intended during this podcast. If you need help with your specific situation feel free to schedule a time to speak with one of us for a personal consultation.